You know, 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says this, the only foundation we build all our ministry is in the foundation of Jesus and what he has done. There's no other foundation. On that foundation, we can build it on hay and gold and silver and all of that, but the only foundation that we build our ministry is on Jesus and what he has done on the cross. Okay, And I want you to be rest assured today that his work is finished. What is his work? His work is finished. It is done deal. He said on the cross once and for all, it is finished. It is finished. So we've been on this heart series for some time now. And I want to tell you, if you don't start working on your heart, allowing God to work on your heart on the pretext of the finished work, the devil will eat you alive. Are you hearing this? If you don't allow God to work in your heart on the pretext that he loves you, that you are his beloved, that no matter what happens, your eternal destiny is set. There is no change in course, no matter whatsoever. If you don't have that assurance in Christ, if you're not secured about your eternal destiny in Christ, you're going to be always insecure. You have to start Step number zero is believing that God loves you unconditionally. Then step number one is let's deal with all our heart issues. See, if today you don't take care of your heart, physical heart, and it starts getting clogged up with all kinds of issues, right? Your arteries get clogged up and you know blood is not able to flow in. What is going to happen? You're going to have a heart attack and you're going to die. But just because you had a heart attack, that is not going to hinder your eternal destiny, does it? Similarly, if you don't work in your emotional heart and it gets clogged up and eventually it will get you to your eternal destiny even faster than you thought so. Are you listening to me? So if you don't work in your heart, if you don't allow God to work in your heart, it does not change the course of your eternal destiny. You might even get there faster, but... What happens is, over the time that we are here, we are not able to live our life more productive, more effective, fulfilling the purpose and calling of our, of our Father. Does that make sense? So even today, you listen to this message, whatever we have today. It's about the heart. Because we are on the heart sees. If you listen to this message and you go back home and you think, man, there's so much work to do. And you keep condemning yourself. It's just going to kill you. That's why Romans 8.1 says that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have to believe that you are in Christ Jesus because of what he has done. You don't place yourself in Christ Jesus. God places you in Christ Jesus. So when God has placed you in Christ Jesus, there is nobody who has the power and authority to take you out. But the reason why we work in our heart is so that we begin to experience the reality of what it means to be in Christ. We begin to experience that reality right now, right here. So it's not just about going to heaven. It is also about experiencing the reality of heaven right now, right here. Do you believe that? That is the gospel. Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, he said, the kingdom of God is not here, not there. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So that's why we are so keen on guarding our hearts. 
for it is a wellspring of life we are so keen on experiencing the quality of our lives not just to live a successful life a selfish life but to be a blessing so that the kingdom of god will grow you are the kingdom of god each one of you when you when your heart begins to function properly the kingdom of god is more effective amen do you get the pretext of it the pretext is the finished work of christ that christ work is completed now you and me are one with god there is absolutely nothing that can ever separate us from the love of god in christ jesus you have to be secured about this now let's talk about the heart got it okay turn with me to ephesians chapter 4 ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice did you just read that okay read with me okay are you guys ready okay let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice See bitterness is the reason of all wrath anger clamor and slander. What is the reason? Bitterness is the reason. You know when I was thinking Lord you know how do you define bitterness? What is bitterness? So the picture that I got bitterness is like a knife uh in which both the sides are sharp and pointed. So bitterness is something when you are stabbing somebody you know you're stabbing yourself too. it's it's like a poison venomous poison so so bitterness is harmful and it causes wrath anger clamor and slander okay it is a mental and an emotional state where you don't want to reconcile with the other person who has offended you you don't want to reconcile you you're in that zone where you're like no i'm not going to reconcile it's it's not you know it's like uh have you had this experience before where you went to somebody and you said hey brother how you doing and the other person no you tell me how you doing huh how you doing <laughs> it's not just in the words it's 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 an emotional state that they carry so no matter what they say that emotional state is translated onto their words and what is an emotional state that emotional state is of separation that i don't want reconciliation I'm so hurt and broken that I don't want to reconcile with that person because that person has hurt me or a group of people have hurt me. Bitterness is that. And if you turn with me to Proverbs 14:10, it says the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. When the heart is bitter, nobody wants to sh- share that bitterness with you. Nobody likes a bitter person. Have you met people who are cranky? Have you met cranky people? <laughs> they they are often resentful, cold, right? And they 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 want to you know they just want to push you off because they are in an emotional state and, and I think all of us have been there. We 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 get into that emotional state but we don't want to reconcile with people. We're so hurt that you know we refuse to reconcile. We we want to stay separated. Now, why is bitterness so harmful? Do you know why bitterness is so harmful? 
because bitterness is like a communicable disease like how covid is bitterness is communicable disease one person gets it in a group the entire people get it okay turn with me to hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 hebrews 12 15 says see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of god that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and it may become defiled the author of hebrews is talking about the root of bitterness because the root of bitterness has so many fruits one of the fruit is anger the other fruit is wrath the third fruit is slander clamor goes on the root of bitterness is so poisonous and it is so communicable one person has it the other people can quickly start manifesting bitterness how is bitterness communicated how is bitterness transferred you know like how covid covid is airborne i believe right uh, and there are other diseases that are waterborne some are waterborne some are airborne but how is bitterness communicated or transferred bitterness is transferred by words how is bitterness transferred by words so if you read with me james chapter 3 verse 6 talks about the tongue james 3 verse 6 and the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness the tongue is set among our members staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell the tongue the tongue can be set on fire by hell you and me have the power to hurt somebody and that fire is set by hell think about that let's see proverbs 18 verse 21 death and life are in the power of your tongue and those who love will eat its fruit okay Matthew 12 was 34 to 37 This is Jesus he says you brood of vipers how can you speak good when you are evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so why are you speaking hurtful stuff it's because you're hurt inside because it is out of the abundance of the heart that your mouth speaks then he says the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil i tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word you will give an account for every careless word they speak for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned do you know how you multiply bitterness in your life by speaking bitterness Oh, I am hurt. I'm offended. You know that person has done this to me. You know nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. I am not enough. You know the more you speak words of bitterness, you're just multiplying that in your life. You know it's like in a corporate setting, uh, when a letter or a memo or an invoice is sent out to somebody outside, what they do is before they dispatch the letter, they keep a copy. for internal reasons just to know what what is going on right so for example i am sending an invoice to jerens company i will keep a copy for my internal use every time when we speak words 
whether they are good words evil words bitter bitter words doesn't matter you are keeping a copy for yourself you're keeping a copy internally for your memory so think about whom does it do more harm you so just imagine i i felt bitter towards jaren so i wrote a letter and i sent it to him a letter of bitterness i have one copy now he has one how many letters are in circulation two now he feels hurt and he responds back with another letter of bitterness now how many copies are in circulation four two becomes four four becomes eight it it just multiplies it just multiplies that's a bitterness is so poisonous it can defile the entire group it's like that one rotten rotten apple that can defile the entire bunch okay so uh you, do you remember when on the day of pentecost when the holy spirit came upon the disciples in what form it came it did not come in the form of a dove it came in the form of tongues of fire you know why could it be that the first sign of sanctification of the holy spirit was to sanctify our tongues because there's power of life and death in our tongues when we are bitter bitter stuff comes out there's a death that we are constantly speaking and the holy spirit in us because he's in us he empowers us to speak life see you can't get up in the morning and be like you know what today i'm going to speak life i'm just going to speak life you can't do that the holy spirit has to empower you because you have the holy spirit in you deposited in you he can empower you he can harness all that is within you to speak life okay do you understand why bitterness is so dangerous because bitterness is communicable okay now what did what did jesus say in terms of how to respond when people hurt us how to respond when people offend us how to respond when we are hurt when we are bitter when we are offended let's look at what jesus says luke chapter 6 verse 27 and 28 but i say to you those who hear love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who abuse you one more was matthew chapter 5 verse 44 but i say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward do you have do not even the tax collectors do the same and if you greet only your brothers what more are you doing than others do not even the gentiles do the same you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect what jesus is saying is if you want to be like the father then be good to everybody because you're not doing good to expect good you're doing good because you are good because you're reflecting the image of god that is good inside of you so what should we respond when you are bitter what to respond you respond love you respond forgiveness you respond grace one more verse colossians chapter 4 verse 6 let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person the bible talks about that love and forgiveness 
should become the response to every bitter circumstances, to every bitter word that we receive. Love and forgiveness. But it doesn't make sense. Why should I love and forgive? If somebody beats me on one cheek, I do want to break their legs. I want to punch them back. Why should I love and forgive? It doesn't make sense. See, the reason why you should love and forgive is because every time you love and forgive, you're opening your heart even more. And you know what? Where does life flow from? From your heart. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Every time you open your heart, more life flows. So no matter what people do to you, but if you remain good to them, your heart keeps opening up and more life flows. And then in that life is the righteousness of God that has the power to set things right in your life. Because how can you open your heart when people are so, you know, so evil to you? How can you open your heart when people hurt you constantly and people offend you purposefully? How can you do that? Is you, you, you can only do that when you believe in who Jesus is. When you believe in the righteousness of God. Otherwise you can't do that. So you have faith. It takes faith. It takes an enormous amount of power and faith to open up your heart and to still love your enemies who hurt you. To still love your enemies who still hate you. Who still say mean stuff to you on Instagram. Yeah. Who still keep posting about you. But it takes... See, that was for me, okay? It's, it takes enormous amount of faith. Enormous amount of faith in Jesus. That you open your heart and you still love them. Genuinely. Not because, okay, Bible said, love your enemies, so I have to love them. No, like really genuinely. It takes enormous amount of faith. But I want to show you something. Proverbs 25, verse 21, 22. Proverbs says like this. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. When your enemy is hungry, what should you do? Give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. You really want to take vengeance against your enemies, be good to them. It's like putting heaps of coal, heaps of burning coal on their heads. You really want to take vengeance, be good to them. There are two things, the Lord will reward them and they will feel like, why is he being so good to me? (laughs) Okay, Uh, Romans 12, 21. Paul says like this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, only forgiveness can heal the cycle of bitterness. Bitterness, as I said, you know, it's communicable. It can, you know, keep on going. Hurt can create more hurts, right? Only forgiveness and love can heal the cycle of bitterness. Have you heard of that story where this man comes back home, he's upset because he got... uh, he got scolded by his boss. He comes back home and, you know, he shouts at his wife and the wife is really upset. So she shouts at his boy and the boy wakes up in the morning and he's like, you know, his mood is gone. So he's going to his school and he sees a dog. He throws the stone at the dog and the dog gets really angry and he bites the boss who, you know, start, you know, who scolded this man. It's a cycle. Uh, another one. 
domestic abuse between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law because the mother-in-law was sometimes a daughter-in-law and it keeps going on and on it's it's a cycle of bitterness haven't you haven't you seen that uh, hindi serial kabhi saas bhi kabhi bahuti no it's 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 a cycle of bitterness that keeps happening and the only way to stop that cycle is love and forgiveness the only way to do that is love and forgiveness but my question to you is how can you and me love and forgive when you're bitter because it takes an em- enormous amount of power it takes an enormous amount of faith it takes an em- enormous amount of you killing your ego so how do you do that i want to show you a parable come with me to matthew chapter 18 It's an important parable so stay with me Matthew chapter 18 Then Peter came up and said to him Lord how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him As many as seven times Jesus said to him I do not say to you seven times but 77 times Therefore the kingdom of God now listen to this this is a parable that Jesus is saying Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants when he began to settle one was brought to him who owed him 10000 talents and since he could not pay his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made so the servant fell on his knees imploring him have patience with me and i will pay you everything and out of pity for him the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt but when that same servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him he began to choke him saying pay what you owe so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him have patience with me have patience and i will pay you he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt When his fellow servants saw what had taken place they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place then his master summoned him and said to him you wicked servant i forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as i had mercy on you and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart wow that's terrifying but isn't that an interesting story the servant owed the master 10000 talents i i forgotten the exact you know uh, the exact number of how a talent is equivalent to a denarii but it's a lot of money so just imagine someone owing somebody millions of dollars but he had somebody who owed to him like 100 denarii and he could not forgive this person he got forgiven but he could not forgive him and i and i was thinking why why didn't the guy forgive him he just got forgiven just now but he didn't forgive him and isn't that the same story with all of us that we are forgiven by god god has you know forgiven us completely once and for all washed us by the blood of jesus and we can't forgive people 
whose offense against us is so little compared to the great offenses that we have made against God? Why? Because we, we behave exactly the same way. Why? why? Why did the servant do this? And the Lord spoke to me from Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Think about this. It is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. The master showed immense kindness to this guy. You know what? He only received financial forgiveness. He did not receive the forgiveness of the heart. He only received the kindness that was there at surface level. He did not let that kindness change his heart. He did not let that kindness change himself. So he was the same person whose debt got forgiven, but his heart did not transform. And that's why he behaved the same with that fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii. And sometimes we are like this. We have received so much from God, but we don't stay there to allow the goodness of God, to allow the kindness of God to change our hearts. We go to church and we're like, oh yes, Jesus, you are this, you are good, you are so good. Yes, I remember all the blessings that you've done. And we quickly move away to the other agenda of the day. Not letting the goodness of God to stay in our hearts and to change us, to transform us. If you stay long enough in the goodness of the Father, you will be transformed. There is absolutely no way that you can fight the love of God. There's absolutely no way. There's no offense that is greater than the love of God. If you, only if, you could stay in that knowledge of how much God loves you, my goodness. My goodness. We don't stay there long enough. We are so busy people. We are so caught up in, in our agendas. We are so caught up in you know, the goals and the deadlines and objectives. We are just moving from one thing to another. And we don't let the knowledge of God's love change our hearts. And that's why my friends, that is why we spend time in prayer. That is why we spend time in worship. That is why we spend time in the word and fellowshipping. So that the reality of God's love becomes real to us. It's not just head knowledge. Oh yes, I know that God loves me. Oh yeah, what is Pastor Sam going to preach? Oh God loves me. Yes, I know that. But do you experience that right now? Because if you begin to experience that, it will change your life. You cannot go back the same as you came. It will transform you. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. Repentance means change your mind. Repentance means returning back to your higher self. How can you remain the same? And I'm telling you guys, if, if we have this attitude, you know, of... Just moving on from one thing to another and not letting the goodness of God change, we will keep remaining the same. Doesn't change the fact that God loves us, doesn't change the fact that Christ's work is finished, but my life hasn't changed. Why not? It's like the moment you touch water and you stay in water, the water starts cleaning you, the water starts cleansing you, the water takes the stink off of you. The more you stay in the presence of God, the more you stay in his word, the more you meditate on how much 
God loves you. You stay in the knowledge of God's love for you. My goodness, how will it not change you? How will it not transform you? Think about that. I want you to read another parable, okay? Luke chapter 7, verse 41. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay the money lender, he cancelled the debt of both. Now Jesus says, now which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Very simple story about a money lender who has lended 550. Both of them could not pay. So the money lender has forgiven them. And Jesus asked him, who will love back the money? Who will love back the money lender more? The one whose debt was more. Do you know why we have a hard time forgiving people? Do you know why? Because we think the debt that this person has towards us is much more than what God has forgiven. That's why we have a hard time forgiving people. That's why we still hold on to that. We're like, yes, Jesus loves me, but I'll still hold on to that. I will still hold on to this hatred. I'll still hold on to this bitterness. I'm not going to let go. You know why? Because we think that what he owes to me is much more than what what God has forgiven. Do you know how to deal with bitterness? The only answer is the cross. Because if you try to deal with bitterness, you, you will get burnt out. The only answer is the cross. Look at the cross. See what, see what the Father has done for you in the person of Jesus. Look, look at that cross. You know, cross is a symbol of curse. Cross is a symbol of punishment. Cross is a symbol of, you know, the worst, worst kind of death and torture that you can think of. If Jesus could redeem the cross, my goodness. He can redeem you. Are, are you. are you listening to me? If today I put a I put a rope and a noose in the middle of the church and everybody comes in through the door and they see, what is this? And I'll say it's a symbol. It's a symbol of redemption. Would it make sense? Or if, if I if I keep a electric electro elect, what is it called? The electric chair. Huh? If I keep the electric chair right in front and I say it's a symbol of redemption, does it make sense? How can this be a symbol of redemption? It's a symbol of death. But if Jesus could redeem cross, he can redeem you. If, see, we don't understand because you know we were not there before Jesus. We haven't seen people dying, people being crucified on the cross and them, you know, being shamed, ashamed at hurled insults and and everybody, the entire city, seeing people, you know, struck on the cross. We don't know what it feels to be on the cross. But if Jesus could redeem the cross and make it a symbol of life and hope, so can he redeem you. Look at the cross. You can't deal with bitterness by yourself. You can't. Look at the cross. Look at what the Father has done for you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Man, look at the cross. Stay there. Stay there. Knowing how much the Father loves you. Stay there. 
don't don't move from it don't don't let it just fill your head you know it's not just head knowledge but let it change your experience let it change your heart stay in the goodness of the father what are you struggling today with what are you offended with are you offended with people are you offended because you have less money in your bank account are you offended because circumstances are not right for you are you offended because you were seeking promotion for such a long time and it hasn't happened are you offended because of whatever reason it doesn't matter look at the cross look at the cross see what the father has done see what the father has done the blood of jesus should remind us it's a wonderful reminder of his great love that he has cleansed our conscience as white as snow he does not count our trespass against him he does not do that he's like what are you talking about jaren i don't even know what you're talking about because i've forgiven you how can we hold on to these little grudges how can we hold on to these little offenses when you and me know that on the cross jesus took all the bitterness of the world and he said father forgive them He's taken your bitterness today. You want to be redeemed by bitterness? You want to be redeemed? Look at the cross. Look at what Jesus has done. He has set you free once and for all. Let the knowledge of God's love, my goodness, let the knowledge of God's love redeem us once and for all, setting us free from all hurt, setting us free from all offense, setting us free from all unforgiveness. in our hearts and minds and bodies come on just close your eyes for a moment close your eyes and will you with me say thank you father for your forgiveness what the bulls and goats could not do the blood of jesus did thank you for your forgiveness you know if you really believe that you are completely forgiven by the father you can start forgiving yourself and you can start forgiving other people also just take this moment just to stay there to stay in the goodness of the father knowing how much he loves you knowing how much he is mindful of you he's concerned of you and his blood is washing you experience the forgiveness of the father let it heal you of all offenses offense cannot be punished offense needs to be healed and it can only be healed by forgiveness father we thank you for your love father we thank you for your cross that has become a symbol of life and hope and faith thank you jesus for all that you have done in our lives father we just pray that we just don't want to move to the next agenda of our life But Father, we pray that anything and everything that we do flows from this place, knowing that we are your beloved, knowing that we are loved by you, knowing that you are with us, that you are for us, that you are on our side, that you are in us. Ha! Ah, let the knowledge of God's love become our reality. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.